This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tool. Back again with you guys for another episode of a more composed t- uh, Tom this evening. If you watch the uh, Raw Reaction Show on the Whistle, uh, I ended that show pretty prematurely because my voice just just abandoned me. Just quite like the Arsenal have abandoned me this season or towards the end of this season at least. So. Uh, as I was in reflection of that post-match show, I was like, I can't, I can't let this lie. I need to, I need to talk about this more. I need to have some therapy, and I think a lot of you listening probably need a lot of therapy as well. So I've got three fantastic guests who are hurting just like me and like you to talk about all of this and more. Uh, first of all, joining us all the way from Dubai, it's Lee Judges. How you doing, mate? You good? Well, yeah, I was good. I was good this morning. I got to say that, like you know, um, felt good. Um, uh, but um, my holiday has uh, been ruined by Mikel Arteta. He always gets involved, Arteta, and ruins things, like you know. It's definitely ruined uh, today. Mm, I love that. We're just going straight in. We're straight in on the Arteta bashing straight away. <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> so not nec- the- it's not necessary, Mikel, but oh, like, no. you know, the, the whole shebang, really, like you know, the whole lot. Let's also bring in Sophie. How you doing, Sophie? You all right? You good? No. In the context of, you know, life other than Arsenal, if that exists. No, I've been so excited about my trip and coming home and thinking the games I'm coming to are going to be the ones where we nail it. And here we are. Uh, No, I'm not good, Tom, to be quite honest. But uh, I'm glad to be here with you guys. I couldn't think of a better bunch to have a huggle with tonight. Yeah, exactly. Well, nearly a better bunch. Then we got this guy. I met you a few weeks ago and I thought, oh, you know what, bromance, you just destroyed it, man. Come on. <laughs> no, of course. You were the first person I messaged, mate. I wanted to get you on and get your yeah. thoughts and feelings. How you doing, my friend? Well, I was all right. I said before we came live that I actually was mm. going to miss the game because of work, but um, I wish I had missed it, to be honest. <laughs> Not good. Mm. Not good, mate. Not Not to digest. 
Lots to digest indeed. Mm. Good evening, chat boss. Good morning. Happen to be wherever you are in the world. Apologies that we can't join you in happier circumstances. We'll try and bring you as much optimism as, as we can. But sometimes it is just important to speak frankly about things. And that's what we're going to be doing this evening. Lee, I'll, I'll kick off with you, mate. Just give me your raw reactions to that result. Raw reaction? I don't know where we go from here. I really don't. Yeah, everything... Everything you see in a game of football is what's wrong with Arsenal at the moment, and I, I really do believe that. Like you know, um, I, I'll be honest. I, I didn't watch the Spurs game. I didn't even look at the score because I thought that they was going to win that. It was only then I was sitting um, by the pool when someone messaged me saying, "Brian, can you believe it?" And I looked over and they'd lost one nil. I thought, well. You know, let's see what Arsenal can do now. I've got a little bit, I'm going to be honest, I've got a little bit excited about the Arsenal game because I certainly weren't looking forward to it before because I actually felt what was going to happen did it actually happen. Something's come, there's something majorly wrong at the football club. I don't know what it is. I, don't, I can't put my finger on it. I'm going to be really honest now. Um, I, I, people are sort of saying get rid of Arteta. People are saying not. You know, I'm, I'm going to say this now. If we can't get European football under this manager this season, I, I, I don't know what's what's going to be come of us. The the way we're playing at the moment. That today, again, what worried me, I don't know about what you guys think, is the shambolic substitutions. It just was just all wrong. It, it, it was like a desperate man, you know, throwing the last dice sort of thing, really. It, it really looked like that. You know, not one of the players up front's got a goal in them. None of them. Um, I'm, I'm going to be really honest. Like when I see Eddie on the team sheet, I, I turn around and, and I'm going to, you know, this this be really honest about it, guys. And is this not blame Mikel for this? This is not Mikel. I'm not going to bash. I'm not going to bash him for this. Eddie would not get into any other Premiership League team to lead the attack. As simple as that. He's not that sort of top-class player and there he is leading the line for us to try and get us in <laughs> to top four you know it, it, it's ridiculous we've put ourselves in that position Mikel's part of that reason that we, we're in that position again we know that it doesn't work with Eddie because I, I, I don't know if someone remind me how many Premier League goals he's scored <laughs> none exactly you know, so you have to go out of the box and try something different. And for me, it had to be bringing in Pepe and starting Martinelli down the middle. The reluctance to do that again has cost us. And I don't know where we go from here, guys. You know, if we if we lose to Chelsea, that'll be four four wins on the bounce, five out of six. And if then then it, it would happen to be that we lose to Man United or we don't beat Man United. We, you know, we ain't going to get into the Europa League this season, let alone the Champions League. I, I just don't look forward to watching Arsenal games at the moment because the frustration, if I had it, I wouldn't have none after a day. You know what I mean? I don't think you can actually Well, Lee did at the start that. of the season. Did you not? Well, well I, I did. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> honestly, I felt, you know, what was wrong about today? You know, we didn't play bad. We, 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 we controlled the game. We dominated the game. Okay, they allowed us to do that to a certain degree, mm. missed chance after chance. The goalkeeper had a blind... Did the goalkeeper have a blinding game or did we just make... I, I don't think he did. I thought all the shots were were too too easy for it, you know. They give him the opportunity to save him, if I'll be honest. And, and, and I'm sitting there, funny enough, I was sitting there like we had 
the bar on there was Liverpool in there. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to say who I was with, but like, you know. Uh, you want Liverpool. to. Go on. Go on. No, no, no. Come on. It wouldn't be you if you didn't say who you oh, were with. Come on. Go come on. on. Come on. Um, but I'll just say I was with a former Liverpool player, like, you know what I mean? And uh, and then some Southampton player, uh, supporters and all that. And, you know, the Southampton fans said, do you know, he turned around to me and said, do you know, we ain't won for, for six games or something like that. And, and he said, but if, if they felt comfortable. I said, you know, he said, we'll win this 1-0. And, and I'm just thinking, like, you know, is that how teams see us at the moment? Like, you know, and, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I don't, it's not like you can put it on one finger and say, like, that, that's it. That's, that's what's wrong with this football club. I think it's all over the board and, and, you know, there's no leadership, you know what I mean? Like, Tavares comes back into the team today, I thought he'd done okay, considering what, you know, why is he all right to play at Southampton and not Brighton? There's so many more questions other than answers and, you know, I'm going to be really honest, I don't, I'm not even that disappointed, I'm disappointed, you know, I'm not going to lie, I'm, of course I'm choked about today, but I felt it, it I, it's an expectation now. I didn't expect Arsenal to win today. I thought they'd lose today. I said it that, you know, they'd probably lose. You know, best I was hoping for a draw. Just unfortunately not good enough. Sophie, come to you. Raw reactions. How are you feeling? Sad. Really sad. That we couldn't capitalise on a brutal loss for Tottenham. And... I yeah, said North on, London is Brighton, by the way. Blues, <laughs> North London North, is Brighton. <laughs> North London is dead. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I said I was actually on a Tottenham podcast a couple of weeks ago, and which was interesting, by the way. Mm. And um, they asked me about both of our teams, and I felt like not only because they have Kane and Son, but also Conte that. Mm they were in a stronger position than us in Manchester United. However, because Manchester United have individual players with sheer talent and brilliance, they could change a game on a whim, even though they don't play as a team. The individuals can do magical things at any time in the game. And Ronaldo did it against Tottenham Hattrick, and today against Norwich, albeit a poor team that's going to be relegated, he still... Turn the game around for them. It but it boggles the mind how people even complain. United fans have complained about him. We don't have that. As good as our team has been this season, as great as this young group have taken us this far, we've all said at many times it will come back to bite us without having another level, another layer of experience. You can't put the you can't put the burden on them, and the club rolled the dice in the January transfer window, and it's backfired. I was all about getting rid of um, Abamyang, but you've mm -hmm. got to bring in players to replace the ones you're removing. Yeah. You know, we removed the toxicity. I'm all good with that. I stood by Mikel on all of those decisions, but you can't expect the youngest team in the Premier League to keep chugging along and deliver the results you want. And now when you look at these three games, guys, Palace, Brighton, Southampton, these were the games where we needed to get the points to make that extra game in hand count. Chelsea coming three days after that, Manchester United, six days after that, West Ham, a resurgent Leeds, a resurgent Newcastle United, an Everton team fighting for their lives. 
from top to bottom, from the owners to Edu to Mikel to the players who somehow have lost their chemistry, their pizzazz, their bravado. I don't know what has happened. You cannot fall apart with two injuries. Tomiyasu's been out for a long time now. That is no excuse. But please don't tell me you can't manage a team or pick a team or set tactics to set your team up to win just because you've lost two players. Every every side this season has dealt with injuries. Leicester have been decimated with injuries. Liverpool last season were decimated with injuries and it affects things, yes. But these are two injuries over a period of Partey played in that Palace game. He's been gone for two games. Tierney's been gone for three games. Come on now. No excuses. If you want to trust the process, you've got to see progress. And we have made progress this season, Tom, but my goodness, we're falling apart at the wrong end of the business side. And why? Why is this happening? Why now? Well, that's what we're going to get into. Um, and that's what we're going to question uh, very shortly. Lastly, just to wrap things up before we do get into the, the big questions of the day, Albert, tell me how you're feeling in chat box, of course, too. I'm going to read out some of your explanations as to how you're feeling in a second, too. So, Albert, talk to me, fella. How do you explain what you saw today? Um, I don't know how long have you got, really? Mm. Well, yeah, Lee's only got an hour, so... Well, well, I'll not, I'll make it quick then, to be honest. Um, Tom, you know what? I, I think... I'm not I'm not alone in saying this, but I was quite vehement with it probably 12, 40 months ago, probably, however long it is, that um, in terms of experience at this football club, from hierarchy to, to, to coaching staff, you could you could you could inevitably inevitably say that we set up to kind of fail really or to see what's happening now because you know from 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 Josh to to, to Vinay to, to to Edu to Arteta it's there was never a recipe for it short term probably it would go well but long term not 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 a chance and um, it's coming home to roost um, like many people have probably said and fought in recent months or however long it's been but I look at this I I looked at these run of games Tom particularly right um mm-hmm. the, the the 10 cup finals that people called it and I thought well let me look at the games in blocks of three Arsenal have to take a minimum seven out of nine points yep minimum well I don't think we'd I, be- I would have said nine to you to be honest yeah, that, if we wanted yeah, I, top four. I, I don't think we beat Palace and we didn't mm. and we got turned over um, apparently, I think it's 53 attempts at goal in the last three games, and we scored one. That's unacceptable. My my and biggest that was a deflected effort from yeah, range. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the reason when people when people ask me would Arsenal get top four this season, um, begin the season, many different points of the, of the season. Time, I said they won't get it. Big one because yeah, yeah, we don't score enough goals. 45 goals we scored in the Premier League this season, Tom. Mm. That's poor. Yeah. Um, you know, and people say, oh, we didn't want to make the same mistakes from before in terms of January. Yeah, that, that goes without saying, but that's not a good enough reason to not strengthen from a position of strength coming into the new year. It's not just, just for context on that, like Leicester have scored 45 goals and they sit ninth. Brentford have scored 41 and sit 11th. Crystal Palace have scored 43 and sit 13th. Aston Villa have scored 42 and sit 14th the point you raised there and then you go back to what you were talking about there about January like is that the crux for you is January where it went wrong 
Yeah, because Tom, it's a, it's a, it's it's a it's for me it's a baffling sort of policy. Yes, if you want to clear the decks and get out the deadwood, that's that's not a problem. I haven't got an issue with moving Aubameyang on, but if Arsenal are going to say to us as fans that you know what we'll try and bring somebody and if somebody's available, what there's no one available within the, that that transfer window to come and help this young team and also some of the experienced players that might not be performing in that period. It's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. You have to, you know, you know, people might say, oh, you know, but there's other clubs in the Premier League that have different needs in terms of maybe wanting to stay in the league or to cement a top 10 finish. But in t- we're Arsenal fans, we're going to talk about Arsenal. So we found ourselves in a position where, you know, the, the, the team, the squad needs a little bit of help. You know, we're not free-flowing in terms of scoring goals. I think what's kept us in it really, yes, we've got 13 clean sheets, and I think that's kept us in it because it's, it's allowed us to nick the game 1-0 and 2-0 hit from, you know, in certain games. But the problem is the last three games, no clean sheets. No clean sheets, struggling to score goals. Where are the goals going to come from? Where are the points going to come from? If we're not taking points from those block of three games in terms of the Palace, the Brightons and um, the other team I forgot, to Southampton today, mm-hmm. where, where even I went through, I thought we'd nick it today. But even when I thought about it, I thought, you know what? I was kind of second-guessing myself thinking... Well, how are we going to nick it? Where, where are we going to score the goals? Like Lee's made the point, Eddie hasn't scored any goals this season. Mm. Um, Lacazette's never really been free-flowing in his time at Arsenal anyway. Um, yes, Saka and, and ESR have done well in terms of what their, their output, what their outlay is. But if you look at it in terms of probably other teams in the Premier League who the players have got better numbers, it's a lot to, it's a lot to ask. Um, and... I'd like, likely said, I, I don't know where we go from here. I mean, I look at some of Mikel Tata's sort of post-match press conferences. He looks lost, Tom. He looks like a man that's beaten. Mm. He doesn't almost know what to say. He, he looks like a man to me that feels his players have let him down and he doesn't want to say it. That That's the, that's the feeling I get. I get the feeling he's a man at the end of what he's capable of giving and of what he's asking of his players and they're not and they're just not doing what he's wanting them to do. And and that falls on him because Bakaya Saka is a world class talent, you know. Emil Smith Rowe is a great talent. Nicolas Pepe is seventy two million pounds worth of player, whether or not we think he's worth that, you know, was still someone producing plenty of goals and has scored plenty of goals but isn't being used. The system we're using taking off both fullbacks so that we lose all width in the last thirty minutes of the game, I thought was a baffling decision. I, I couldn't get my head around that at all. Um, and I suppose, look, we're going to go into some of the really deep questions about Arteta uh, in a second. Uh, I also want to give some love to the chatbots because tuning in after that performance, you know, fair play to you guys. And thank you so much for tuning in and do drop a like on the video and subscribe. Tariq talks says our goals came from the transition play and ball progression from midfield. Sophie is spot on in terms of what we don't have the individuals to take the game by the scruff of the neck. Alan says, hi guys, love to you all. Arteta seems to only know how to get behind the ball. He really doesn't know how to attack. We look lost. How do worse teams with worse players play better Arteta is just not good um, young squad run out of energy is Anthony is questioning great Gunnar says it was too much hype over the Deadwood being got out of the club it's who you bring in that matters the process has to include proper progress as Sophie says so often uh, Doom Dealer says been supporting Arsenal for over 30 years we will win one of the next three games that are most likely to be losses but it won't count for anything because of these recent results Sam says I get it we're all hurt and it's it's so hurting reality is when you decimated Liverpool's backline last season 
season they struggled to get top four. Top four or out, Mikel, I'm afraid. Um, interestingly, quite controversial, not oxymoronic, I suppose, that comment to say, you know, there's, there's these issues with injuries, but to still say top four uh, or bust with Mikel. There's a lot of questions that I want to ask you you guys and get some answers to. And yes, they, they do focus around the manager um, because I look at this team and I look at this squads and I look Lee, at what's available to him. And after that international break, obviously we lost Kieran Tierney. Um, Thomas Partey is, is gone for the rest of the season, to be honest, looked out of sorts in the Palace game. So I don't know if he was carrying something into that and, and that's then obviously cost him the rest of his season. Tomiyasu, whilst... We didn't look to be missing all that much with how Cedric has been. I think that obviously the loss of Tierney has, has destabilised, you know, how we were preparing with the fullback situation because Tierney basically operated in that disciplined Tommy Asu role and allowed Cedric to get forwards, which previously Tierney did whilst Tommy Asu covered in that type of role. Is that enough for you? Is that enough disruption? Is that enough chaos? in team selection to lose three players that you can contextually look at what has happened in the last three games and say, you know what, if that did happen to a Liverpool, if Spurs lost Kane and Heuberg or another integral player, would would Conte be struggling to, to get those wins? Is that enough for you? Difficult to, to, to put into words, really. Like, you know, let, let's, let's break it down. Hmm. What's been the most? What has been the biggest problem for Arsenal this season? Not scoring goals. Yeah. If if we be honest, that's it. Not one of those players, from the attacking point of view, from January to now, has been out. Apart from Martinelli on one game, they've all been available. Every single one of them, apart from Lacazette this game, mm-hmm. Martinelli on the last one. So when you look at it in January, they've looked at it, and this is where I think it's got to be said. From Mikel or Eddie, whoever it is, I'm happy with Lacazette and Eddie leading my line. They've, they've gone for it for, for whatever reason. They couldn't get in no one better than that or try to and all that. I, I think he's absolutely insane. You know, you let a Bamian go. I don't care about whether you let a Bamian go or not. People keep bringing up about Bamian. He scored no goals why he was here anyway. So, the lack of goal scoring has been going on for a long while now. When you've got a goal scorer like Bamiang that is a goal scorer, not scoring goals, something's wrong. Something's up. Lacazette, four goals. His worst, his worst numbers since he's come to the club. Like, and because he's got over eight. Because I'm, I'm looking at Ronaldo at 37, banging in goals left, right and centre. So it's something else. It's something else what I'm looking at. Saka and Smith-Rowe. Smith Rowe was our top goal scorer. He's choose not to, to play Smith Rowe in the last few few games for whatever reason. Like you know, when he's not when he, when he's when he's had all his players with both so called. He actually today said to himself, "I'm going to bring in um, Eddie and leave out Smith Rowe for a player." Really, so he's left him out. He took our player out that scored that's so got no goals <laughs> for our top scorer. Mm. You know, it's baffling. You know, what I mean, it's, it's baffling. I look at the back, and I've always said it, and I have stated on here when we was on a on a thing. Arsenal will get top four because defensively we're sound. I didn't know that Tierney was going to go out of that. So when now we've all sudden you've got your your both fullbacks out of the side. Tommy Asu now is going to have to be rushed back in at some stage. Ain't 
you know, not 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 the ideal situation. But again, today, if you ever look at it today, totally dominating the game, um, missing chances and, and everything like that. One chance, Southampton, give them a, a poor defending goal. We wasn't doing that a little while ago against Aston Villa. I think Aston Villa, I've looked back at that game, we weren't very good against Aston Villa. If I'll be honest, we wasn't very good. We was not looking like scoring and all that. We got a goal through Saka, but we defended well. It, but we're not defending well now. Um, the lack of form of everybody is 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 there. And for me, when you're in a position of strength, as, as Albert turned around and said, do something. You know what I mean? Like a, a sign in here will just be a big boost. But we don't really do en enough. We didn't really do enough business. I know it's hard to say it now, at the hindsight. We didn't really do enough business in, in the summer to push. Because let's face it. When we done our transfer business in the summer, no one, me included, predicted that we would get top four, right? So that tells you that the summer recruitment weren't great if we're not going to be like even thought about the top four. Then we've got a chance of getting a top four and what they chose to do is nothing. And that is, for me, the, the issue now because you, you look at Partey and you look at, Let's, let's just take them two in that. Forget Tommy Asher, because I don't suppose he's ever been as injured as long as he has done. But I oh, will love and be able he comes into an Arsenal. I'm sure he does. Tierney and Partey are not guaranteed lasting all the season. You know that. Th their injury problems have been there. So that can happen at any time. And we chose to, to, to go with it. And I'm, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Like, I, I look at today's game, Shaka and, and, and Sam, Sambi. You know what I mean? I, I like Lukonga, but he is nowhere near ready to be in the Premier League. You know what I mean? Like He is a million miles off of it. it potentially got, got a great future, but nowhere near it. Surely in January, they must have thought, well, what, you know, if parties, what happens if Partey gets injured? You know, you must sit around a table and go, what happens if Partey... And that, the conversation, well, he won't get injured. Oh, all right, then we won't sign no one. You know, it's, 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 it's pathetic. The inexperience, as Albert said, from the whole club is ridiculous. And I'm sorry, guys. You know, I mean, I'm, I don't. You know, I pay top money for a season ticket, like like we all do, like. And, and the incompetence that we get, like, is is unreal. You know, next week we go to Man United. You know, like, you know, if you want to buy a ticket for a Man United game, ninety pound plus, right? And you and 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 you're looking at that. And the incompetence of the team and, and the way it's being managed and the way it's being run, it's, that's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair on the fans, you know what I mean? And the fans keep saying all the time, be part. You know, someone said to me, I think it was yesterday, I was, uh, you know, saying, oh, you've got to be patient and all that. I, I said, I've been patient for, I've been patient for 10 years. I've been patient. Longer. Maybe even longer, like, you know what I mean? This this cannot continue. Now, I look at it today, yesterday, Burnley, Burnley Football Club, right, have been more ruthless than Arsenal. Whether you think it's right or whether you think it's wrong, they are not going to get to the Premier League. In their opinion, we shall die. Gone. No ifs, no buts, gone. He has done 10 years more than what our manager has done. He's done miracles for that football club. But when it matters, Tom, and when it really matters, when they can't get what they should be getting, 
And I'll tell you what now, if Burnley shouldn't, there's no guarantees they should ever stay in the Premier League. Mm. Gone. And then I can guarantee you're getting people in chats and all over the country and all over the world now saying, I'll give Mikel another, another, another transfer window, give him this, give him this, give him that and that. I'm sorry. It comes now to the fact, if you cannot get European football at mm. the end of this season or it shows in the next couple of games that you ain't going to get it. Top six, you mean? Top six. Oh, I'm being, mm. being lenient. Forget about yeah. top four now. I'm taking yeah. Europa League. At the moment, we're not in Europa League positions because Man United have gone above us. Okay? So, if if it's looking like we're sliding, if we lose to Chelsea, we lose to Man United, it doesn't look like we're going to get that. I'm sorry. This club has got to be ruthless and I'm fed up of it not being ruthless. I don't care. I, I, I Do you know what I'm going to say to you now? I like Mikel. I like him as a person. Mm. I ain't got no, no issues with him. But if he doesn't do what I want him to do as a manager, I don't care. Who, he's out. Bring the next one in. And do you know what? And if he don't do it, bring the next one in. Bring the next one in. Bring the next one in until I find someone that can. Not all this, oh, we don't want to be sacking managers. I, do you know what? I don't want to keep going through games like this, losing to Southampton, Brighton and Crystal Palace. And do you know what? Not hurting as much because it's expected. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you know what? Crystal Palace hurt. Do you know why Crystal Palace hurt me and all that? Because I didn't expect it. The expectation weren't there. Do you know what I mean? Brighton hurt. This one's hurt even more because, you know, it's three defeats on the... Sp- uh, we, five, five to four defeats out of five. If you, if you go on to the Liverpool game, people want to forget about that. You cannot go on. This cannot, this cannot continue to go on. Sophie, when we were in a position where we were winning games hand over fist, you know, we were in a really good patch of form after the after the January window that we all, all four of us have criticised independently. We've all criticised the fact that we didn't bring anyone in. We've all um, said that not bringing in a striker was naive, uh, that not backing up the midfield was, was a gamble. And yet after that January window, you know, we were winning games and beating teams I mean even in that January window you know we gave Manchester City a really good run for their money in that game Liverpool came to town and you know bar 10 minutes you know we were really in that game what why has it gone so wrong what 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 has caught I know it sounds like a really naive question and a really blunt one but what is the cause why why are we where we are now and and for those that are listening I've just put a poll into the chat box asking you if we miss top four, what is the biggest factor for you? And the four options being injuries to key players, not signing players in January, or Arteta's match day decision-making. No, you can't pick all three. Um, <laughs> the biggest the biggest factor uh, and other, if you want to choose something else. But, but why, Sophie? Why, for you, has this collapsed so catastrophically? I've always felt that we have a talented young team and young players that are mature, but there's still a naivety to the Arsenal. And as much as the DNA and the culture has evolved under Arteta, the mental impotence still exists. Unfortunately for our club, we are not able to stay engaged and competitive over a long period of time. This is why over the last few years, we have been very successful in the FA Cup. 
one-off games. Boom. I would bet I would bet on our team every day of the week in a one-off game. I wish that Europa League semi-final against Emery was a one-off game. What, you so know, we wouldn't have had to watch the home leg? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the League Cup against Liverpool. You know, the, mm. we cannot and have not been able to be competitive and consistent over 38 games in the Premier League for years. So as much credit as Arteta has been given for removing the deadwood and the toxicity, there are still some fundamental institutionalized underlying issues at our club. And partly he is responsible for this. When you have the youngest team in the Premier League, you need to make sure you set them up for success, not for failure. I'm so tired of being, we played well for 10 minutes against, you know, X team, or we played well for 70 minutes and lost. Mm -hmm. We played so well against Manchester City, but we let in a goal at the very end. Mental impotence. We lose 2-1. Liverpool, we're there. We can't close. One of my favourite movies, Glenn, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, always be closing. We haven't been able to close across multiple competitions. Why? Because I feel like whatever has seeped into the club, whatever fear, whatever cultural issue, the mental side of sports. Kevin and I have talked about this a lot. Our Arsenal teams, you'd stand in a tunnel and see Sol Campbell and Vieira and Henri. Teams would lose before they even hit the green turf. They were out. Golfers who are teed up against Tiger Woods, they would lose before they even got on the course. Mentally, you have to have such strength as an athlete. Serena Williams, the same thing. Roger Federer, the same thing. We do not have that. Southampton knew today that they could take points off us, even though just a few days ago they were humiliated by Chelsea. Brighton Football Club, who have never even won a game in the Premier League in their history in the month of April, despite the fact they couldn't score goals, they hadn't won in, what, eight games? They knew that they could take something off us. Patrick Vieira mentally built up his Crystal Palace side to believe that they could beat his ex-team. And somewhere along the lines, the mental side of it is still huge for us. And here's the other thing too, Tom. We lord and have lauded this young squad for getting us to this point. Mm, yeah. They are not immune to criticism and neither is the manager. It's okay to say that Emil Smith-Rowe had a bad game against Palace or Brighton. It's okay to say that Saka hasn't been the same, but yet today he tried to put the team on his shoulders, takes on too much responsibility, tries to do too much. It's not fair to set those players up to fail. It's not fair to say that Sambi Lakonga, who was captain at Anderlecht at 21 under Vincent Company, can't play in the Premier League because he hasn't played in months and now we're expecting him to perform miracles with Xhaka, who's not our best midfielder. It's not fair to do that to Nuno and bench him and then ask him to come in and do a job against Southampton after you've actually destroyed the player. Mental is what has happened to us. We don't believe we've lost our confidence. And that is half the battle in sports 
And it's always been a battle for this Arsenal football club over the last few years. I said the other day on um, when we were all together on Lee's channel that the biggest challenge that whoever would take over from Arsene Wenger and whoever would take over from that coach, and as Lee said, the next coach and the next coach, the biggest challenge, it's not about improving the players, improving, you know, um, the quality necessary. It's not about improving the way in which we recruit as the primary thing. It's not about how we get a route of young players in the first team. That's never been for me the priority about this Arsenal in the modern era of, of football. The biggest primary necessity, as you raised there, Sophie, is how Arsenal is perceived in the tunnel before the game. It is that bloody hell, we're up against Arsenal today. We're going to be, you know, it's going to be a tough one for us. Not, as you say, and as those Southampton fans, Lee, you were saying earlier in the in, in the bar with you saying, you know, I think we're going to nick a 1-0 here today. You know, Arsenal are weak. Arsenal are gettable. Arsenal are vulnerable. Get into them. You know, you remember those, the, the famous Cajones chat from, from Troy Deeney? That's mm -hmm. the biggest thing for me. That was always it. And when I started to see a lot of the things behind the scenes change and Arteta talk the talk, um, you know, about the non-negotiables and the mentality and, you know, moving on players like Genduzi, Bamiang, Ozil, I'd no issues with, you know, moving players. If you want to move players on, that's great because it showed to me, you know, you, you've got these principles you're sticking to, then move them on. The problem is, is if you're making those mistakes, is if you're, as you said there, putting a team out that's not set up to combat. It's not set up, it's being exposed if anything and through naive decisions which you've seen against Brighton be it through Xhaka playing at left back exposing Lekonga going into this game taking off both fullbacks negating any kind of width so you negate the possibility to have multifaceted attacks and you make everything really narrow so you get Granit Xhaka being your only left-footed deliverer on the left-hand side you don't have any right-footed deliverer on the right-hand side because you've got Saka Pepe and Erdegaard who are all left-footed you've taken off Cedric you know, it's it's all one-dimensional. And when you remove that tactical nous from your team, because, you know, when he was taking off those players today, I was chatting to G next to me and saying, I don't know, I haven't got a clue what formation we're playing. I've got a clue how we're going to beat this team. And as you said at the start, Albert, like we could have gone for another 30, another hour, another 90 minutes. I don't think we'd have scored. No. You know, there was nothing to tell us in that. There was nothing that really... Gave me the, the confidence that we score. And yes, we created some clear-cut opportunities like Sackers, etc. But the, the chances we were creating in those last 30 minutes, you know, they weren't clear-cut. They weren't like the chance we created for Saka <laughs> in the first half. And that has perpetuated through games throughout the season. We got that one goal, as you talked about, and as we picked up upon from Odegaard in the last three games from a deflected long-range effort. That's not about style. That's not about philosophy. That's about... We haven't got any ideas left, and so I'm going to take a pot shot from range and cross my fingers, and thankfully it went in. And I want to ask you, Albert, on that poll as well that I put, and I know that everyone's commenting saying, I wish I could choose all three choices, and I don't blame you. Um, because if we do miss out on the top four, what is the biggest factor? Injuries to key players, not signing players in January, Arteta's matchday decision-making. You know, for me, I really do want to pick that January option because I believe it is a huge huge thing but I look at the quality available I look at the decisions in the game against Brighton and I look at the decisions today and I genuinely believe we could beat Brighton with the players that are available I genuinely believe we could beat Southampton with the players available 
And I also think someone needs to knock on Arteta's door and remind him that you can make more than just two subs, especially when you're trying to chase a goal. It's the decision-making that really is hitting me. And this, for people watching, is coming from one of the most optimistic and defenders of Mikel Arteta that you've probably seen. So talk to me, Albert. Do you agree or do you still pinpoint either the injuries that are here or the January decision-making, which, again, partially falls on Arteta because he's behind that too. But what do you point towards for this collapse? Sophie's touching it with the mental side. That's That's been an issue with Arsenal for a, a very, very long time. When it gets to the crunch point in the season, when it comes to winning important games of football, we do not do it, even with a helping hand with other teams losing. That's the first thing. Um, so we always seem to be the team that always keeps on giving. Like I said earlier in the little video message I put, Christmas gifts, birthday gifts, we just seem to give presents all the time. Um so, I mean, with the Arteta thing, sorry, just to mention, um, I just, I don't get, I, I generally, I think sometimes we're going to get to a point, maybe some people are at that point already where, where does it become inexperience or is it just plain blatant stubbornness? When, 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 when does it, when does it not become him being on the job and him actually being, you know, a manager in a, in a job for a very, very long time? I think, it's, it's coming to that point. It's coming to that point. There's going to be less conversations about him being, in inverted mm. commas, inexperienced because some of the decisions he makes, I don't think it's inexperienced. You, you guys have touched upon it in terms of the substitution. I, I, you know, in terms of... What is it that is not inexperienced? No, I'm saying when will it... It, it will get to a point where mm. we'll use that word less and just put it down to the fact that he's just he's not good making bad decisions, not because mm. of inexperience, he's just making bad decisions. We're, we're mm. going to get to that point if some people are not at that point already. So hopefully that's kind of clarified that. But um, Tom, you know, it's, I mean, like Lee mentioned earlier, for example, Southampton haven't won in five Premier League games, right? 19 goals conceded. Lo and behold, they play Arsenal, clean sheet, win 1-0. Mm. Yes, mm. listen, I'm not blind. I watched the game. We, we we had opportunities to win that game today. But, you know, systemically, the problem is we don't score enough goals. And it does come back down to that. Yes, I, there's there's things in terms of the culture of the club that he's tried to implement and make it and, and make better. But um, for some reason, something just isn't right. I, and, I, and I generally cannot put my finger on it. Um, yes. I even Tom, I don't know if you, if you know you you guys know football fans of other clubs, for example. Like they talk about Unfortunately, during yeah, this yeah. moment, yes, I do. And like, no, <laughs> to be fair, they're quite complimentary in terms of Saka and ESR. Mm-hmm. But one common denominator they always say, which I think is quite a valid point, is they play a lot of football. You rely too heavily on them. And that's coming yeah. from rival fans of other football clubs. So there is too much. There is too much emphasis. But Albert, on. we're striving for Europe, right? These players yeah. have to get used to the intensity of the game. We can't keep mollycoddling and enabling them. We haven't even had European football this year. We got kicked out of the FA Cup by Nottingham Forest a very long time ago. Our League Cup semi-final versus Liverpool was in January. We've had seven days, ten days in between certain games. I mean, I understand you're young, but there are young players at other clubs performing and playing in more competitions. This there has to be. This is where the the structure of the Arsenal comes into play. Because you bring up a really good point. Like, how are we resting players? What are they doing? What's the mantra? What does think? What do things look like after training? During training, 
you know, how do they recover from injuries? What What is the philosophy? All of these things come into play in keeping a player healthy. But mm. to say that players are tired this season, I just can't, I don't buy that at all, at all. No, Sack, you know Saka's what? played more football because yeah, he was yeah. with England. Yeah. But no, unacceptable. I, yeah, yeah, I'm not so much on the, so much. I don't, I don't sort of home in too much on their age in, in particular in regards to those two players, but. I think just the, the over-reliance on them to be the, yes, they're good players, but we need more help from other ends. I agree with that. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. So I don't sort of concentrate too much on the, on the young aspect of it, but like you make a good point in terms of, and that's the thing, Tom, like when they made the, when there was people was talking about Arsenal being favourites for top four, right? Mm -hmm. And the arguments for it, obviously the other teams in and around us um, having European football, other commitments, but we haven't got other commitments. As Sophie said, we've been dumped out of both cup competition domestically. We had no European football for the first time in 20 odd years. You know, the, 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 the excuses are running out. If we don't get top, if we don't finish in the, the, way, the way we're playing at the moment, Tom, right? Wolves, a couple games here and there. And I always said this with Arsenal during the season that it's going to fluctuate. It's going to be fourth. It's going to be fifth. It's going to be sixth. It's going to be seventh. Maybe mm -hmm. seventh, sixth, seventh. It's going to fluctuate. Yeah. But the way we're playing at the moment, Wolves could catch us up. West Ham are playing tomorrow. I think that we can't I, win I, a game, mate. Like, yeah. we can't win a game. Yeah, that's we, where we, that's where we're at right now. If yeah. you look at the next game, right? You know, you think about Chelsea, like <laughs> Chelsea, Man United are. You know, they're emboldened by the yeah. fact that Spurs and Arsenal are dropping points. They struggled to, to pick up points against Norwich. Let's be real. They struggled yeah. today to do that. But they're emboldened by that and they'll go into those games with confidence. But if you look at the actual genuine winnable games that we've got less, Leeds at home, Leeds aren't coming to us fearful. They're not no. coming to us going, bloody hell, we're playing a top four chasing team. They're going, you know, we're going to a team that couldn't beat Brighton at home. You know, we're going to go there and try and take three points. Whereas the difference is teams genuinely go no man city liverpool we're going to rest players you know because we've got more important games because this is the chance of us winning this game are minimal but when they look so, at arsenal it's a, they look it's, at arsenal it's a game's chance on, game is on yeah the game absolutely. is on absolutely yeah, and they, and i, I do also mention the the next phase for the arsenal is to sign world class players to support the younger players right and mm. the problem that we're going to have is if we don't build on the Saka, Emil Smith-Rowe, Martinelli era, they will leave. They they hang out with world-class players at the international level, especially Martinelli now with being involved in Brazil. And Saka, we know, is hanging out with Foden and he's hanging out with Trent Alexander-Arnold and these players that are winning at the highest level. The mm. difference is, and I, I wanted to address it because someone mentioned in chat, is... We need to be in a position to be in Europe to attract those players, Tom and guys, because, you know, Foden's got De Bruyne. Mm -hmm. You know, Trent Alexander-Arnold came into the Liverpool team, but he had experience around him. You yeah. know, the younger players coming through at Chelsea, like Mount, they've got N'Golo Kante. They've got Aspilicueta. Tiago Silva. And, and, and Tiago Silva. You know, They've also got world-class managers, Sife, as well. And that's... And of course... That's the other caveat to this. And it matters. And I understand fans love Mikel Arteta. I get it. He's young, he's hip, he's got good ideas, but he's devoid of it too. You know? Mm. How, who's to say that the reason why the players played with a lack of confidence today is they got battered 
at Palace, but they also had to deal with a, a total transition in, in formation with, you know, Xhaka being removed from midfield to left back, except these things, they take they to- their toll on young players. And when there's not a Vieira in the team or even a Robin Van Persie or maybe a bad example there, but an, a, an experienced well, no, player to put to put yeah. your arms around you and say, we've got this man, don't worry. Who's that player? We've all... With all the times that you are talking about, we've always had someone. Yes. That could score Fabregas had someone. Yeah, but we've always, if you go back into time, we've had a Bamiang. Before a Bamiang, Van Persie. Before, or, you know, Giroud, even Giroud nicked a few goals, but it wasn't great. But he, over he 100 got goals, goals for Arsenal. So, like, yeah. you've got goals, you've got very important goals for Arsenal. You go back, you go back, and you go back. 10, 15, 20 goal strikers all the way through. I haven't got that now. Many a times we played poorly against set teams, like probably today. But Van Persie would hit one from somewhere, a free kick from somewhere, uh, a goal from out of the blue. We haven't got that in our locker now. I, I look at all of our players, and that, that inc- I, I'm a big fan of Martin Udegaard. You, you know, his finishing today was embarrassing. Shooting from from outside the box, 18 yards out, professional footballer. You know, they was all ducking every single time. Didn't even get one on target. All, you know, woeful, woeful finishing. It's not just him. It's from from the whole lot of them. You know, Eddie went through one-on-one, straight at the goalkeeper. You know, these are the ones just coming up in my mind. Saka's miss. Yeah, big chance. Uh, Smith Rowe has only got to hit the goal, hit the ball properly. It's a goal. Mm. You know, miss kicks it. You know, there's no... Superstar, there's no superstar at Arsenal Football Club. They're all very, very good players, good young players. We've got no superstar. One player you think is world class. I look back at the poor teams of Arsenal under Arsenal Wenger, if you want to go to those, they had a world class player in there somewhere along the line that was a world class. Fabregas was world class. Van Persie was world class. I look at our team now, there's not one world class player. And when you've got a manager, that I'm fed up with now. I'm going to say this now. People saying, oh, he's inexperienced. He's had two and a half years of the job. Right? He's, he's experienced enough now. He's made enough mistakes at Arsenal to, for, for it not to carry on. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I've got people in groups, that are on group chats, that are all Mikel very, very much. A few of them have left the groups today. I'm not surprised. Because they, 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 they haven't got anything to... You know, come back. You know, I'm fed yeah. up with all this. You know, straight away it's Arteta's fault, and they, you know, so they leave. But they haven't got an argument for it now. There's no mm-hmm. base for them to say right and go right. Why do you want him to stay now? There, there isn't. There isn't really. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm I'm in a thing there to say like you know, he's got to go to Chelsea. I'm going to say it now. He has got to go to Chelsea and win. He's got oh, to, because we yeah. need something. We need yeah. something. Big, and I, and I mean this cons- really sincerely. Conte was under the same sort of pressure as he was there. Couldn't buy a win at, Man- at Tottenham, and he went to Manchester City and got a win. How he got it, I don't know. We have got to do that. But I'm going to tell you this now. Come Wednesday night, we're not winning. I- I'm going to go. I'm going to the game, but I can tell you that now. We ain't, we ain't winning that game because we've not got what all these other teams have got. Is that little bit of stardust on our players, Ronaldo? 
as, as poor as he's been, will get. You know, we was in the bar today, like, and, f- and f- there was people going, "Here, score this." When we get a free kick, we've got Cedric on it. Yeah, hitting it over. He touched the, the ball bar. way too many times today, Cedric. I don't know why everything was going through him all of a sudden. He's the champion. Well, I'm glad it got rid of him. Yeah. You know, what I mean, it's it's. Like like Tottenham, Man City's Tottenham's bogey team, right? We've we've been really good against Chelsea since you know the yeah, Mourinho so left. This is we the need time madness. to capitalize on the madness. Yeah, and well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because you look at the games against Palace, you look at the games against. Uh, to be fair, less so than Southampton today. You know, games in which we dominated most of possession. We can't break them down because we can't score goals. But the Chelsea game, the United game, if they dominate more of the ball, you know, they're the types of games you could probably see us nicking something because we hit them on the break. There's more space. We've got pace in behind, yeah, exactly. etc. But that's that's not what a top four team does. That's a bottom half of the table team. That's how they get points against the big sides, hitting on the break. You know, we can't be... We need to have the ability to do both. We have to be able to... F- create clear-cut opportunities on the regular like you've seen Chelsea and City and Liverpool do against all the teams in the league if you want to. You need to be able to break them down. You need to be able to be tactical aware enough to draw them out so you've got that space. Southampton were bringing on, as I said earlier, they're bringing on Nathan Redmond. They were bringing on Shane Long. They weren't bringing on another defender. They weren't bringing on another fullback. You know, they did at the end when they brought Livermento on, but even then he's, a, he's an offensive-minded fullback, is Livermento, because Ralph Hasenhutl could see how difficult it was for Arsenal because they weren't creating anything. And he knew how vulnerable we were on the counter, and so he had to keep the energy up in the forward line and had to keep them sharp because, you know, we could have easily conceded and made it 2-0, just like we did against Brighton when we were pushing, and eventually they countered and got a chance and Wepu scored. We can't break teams down at the moment into the sense that, and when we do, we haven't got anyone clinical and world-class enough to take those chances. You look at the City game against Spurs. They won that game because they had a clinical Harry Kane up top finishing those chances when they when they created them. I mean, even the Leicester game, where, where Spurs won it in the, in the injury time, you know, Stephen Bergwijn was there, but they had the players to create the chances. They had the Sons and the Canes to create those clear-cut opportunities for a player like Bergwijn, who's not had the best of seasons, but, you know, put it on a plate for him in those situations and he put them away. So it's just, it's so infuriating that we find ourselves here. And, you know, I'm going to go into the chat box as well and take some questions because I've been promising I was going to do that. Lee, I know that you've got to shoot off soon, so mate, so don't uh, don't no nice. stick around. Do tell me when you need to go. Um, but I mean, we could get battered by Chelsea and Man United. I fear more, even more than than Chelsea, just like you said, because mm-hmm. you know their sales are up right now. They 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 smell it. I tell you. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I bet they end up in. Yeah. I bet they get fourth. You think they'll get fourth now? I've said it for the last few weeks that I, I do not rule them out. You absolutely can never rule out. As poor as they are, their individual talent could get them there. Mm, they've got gunmen up front, mate. That's the big difference. No, they've got Cavani. Tottenham, they've got Tottenham could lose that, yeah. that goal that Tottenham could lose to Liverpool. Mm-hmm. You know, United love a game against us, let's be honest. Mm. Um, that game at home is not going to be easy against them. And especially with a depleted midfield and question marks in other areas of the pitch, especially scoring goals. 
The the biggest worry around Arsenal, uh, and it's this question that comes in from Chrishell for me, is that it's when we recognise when change would be needed. You know, uh, I'm of, a, of an opinion that I've seen what I've seen from Arteta, that I wouldn't give him a new deal at the end of the season. Um, but unless, you know, by some miracle we got into top four. Um, I wouldn't give it to him if we got in the in the top six because I would want to see, you know, because we are so weak and we are so lacking of world-class talent when the people around us, the clubs around us aren't. And, you know, when everyone's been available, it's been interesting to see how much we've we've progressed. But it's that lack of depth, that lack of quality that was, you know, their decision in part not to strengthen in January. But there, there's been enough there that I'd, I'm curious as to what would happen if we did have, you know, the depth and we did add to the world-class players. Whether or not we will is another question. But... If we don't finish in the top six this season, you know, there's there's a real concern for me that, you know, they'd still be happy, Albert, with with what's going on and what's happening. And that if we don't get Europa League at a minimum, they keep him. And do you, is that, we can all moan about Arteta and, <clears throat> and say Arteta out and whatever, but is it that that's the, big, <clears throat> the biggest problem? Yeah, it sent it's to me, it sends such an awful message, man. Because and so after I have to make a reference when you look at other big clubs in terms of not even big clubs, like Lee made the point earlier about you know with Burnley and you know being ruthless to get rid of a man that's been there for 10 years, done some amazing, amazing things. Like, what does the question's a good question? What 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 does it take for what does it take for Arteta to do badly or even more badly? for us to get a new manager in. This is Arsenal Football Club. Yes, people say that we bang on and go about the past and the history, but that if that's what you've been used to as a fan and seeing certain types of footballers at the club and being successful and we need to, we're trying to get back to the higher echelons of competing, we need to compete first. Forget about talking about league titles. That's Listen, Liverpool won the same amount of Premier League titles as Leicester and Blackburn. It takes a long time. I don't want to end up waiting that long because, yeah, I'll... I'll be a very, very old man. Not hence, just hence the name as well. But yeah, Tommy, it just sends such a such a poor message. Listen, it's nothing personal against Mikel Arteta. For what I've ever said about him, it's I've always, always tried to keep it footballing based opinion. And, and your eyes don't lie to you. What the team's um, producing week in, week out, whether that comes to the manager in terms of tactics or the players' performances. But you know, um, I always say, Tom, right. I've got a little nephew. You don't reward. You don't reward. You don't reward. You don't reward children for bad behaviour, and you shouldn't reward people for poor performance. And I'm sorry. You know, like you said, if for me, if he doesn't get top four with all the, you know, no European football as we mentioned before, and being out of the cup competitions one game a week, that's a key, key thing. That's a key, key thing. I'm not saying, you know, the, the games in the Premier League are a give me, but he, to your time, I agree with it. He, to me, he shouldn't get a new contract. Mm. It should that even when them whispers came in the early the earlier part of the season, I said no, no, no. The timing stinks. You know that we need to be a bit more mm -hmm. further on. And as we fast forward to where we are now, having this podcast, Arsenal not in a good position. We are a couple of games away from being, well, contesting for top eight as well as top six. Mm. It, also, also, Albert, oh, sorry, you sorry, can't please. be you can't be the guy that got us kicked out of Europe and not get us back in and still keep your job. That's madness. It's a complete madness. 
you cannot be kept. You cannot. There's no like Lee mentioned earlier perfectly in certain WhatsApp group chats. I'm in some WhatsApp group chats, and there's some ma massive Arteta fans. They've been very, very quiet, Tom, because there's nothing to defend this guy with. There's nothing. This is what I get so frustrated about from my perspective too. Is that you know the branding of of kind of you know I get stereotyped into this kind of corridor of you know Arteta in too often, and it's never been that for me. It's always been about Arsenal in. That, that's all I care exactly. about. I'm Arsenal exactly. in above anything else. And, you know, I, I try to stay grounded and objective. And, you know, if I see good things and I see things I think are different to the previous regimes, it's hard. I call it out and I say, that I praise them. You know, the recruitment, I'm really happy with the way that we've lowered the age profile, changed the way in which we brought in players, got out the deadwood. But, you know, it's not perfect. But I've really liked what we've done because it's been so different and so needed in comparison to the prior 10 years. But when we make mistakes... Tom, also, and when things but, happen like this, I call it out. Sorry, Albert, go but, on, mate. Tom, also, just a quick thing. Like, if even if you look at look at our look at the Arsenal Premier League runs in the last few seasons, right? In terms of a points return, if we continue playing the way we're playing at the moment, listen, listen, there's a lot of years of Premier League, so we are on our, we are probably one of our second worst points return if it carries on the way it's carrying on now. Because I don't see where the wins are coming from. Yeah. I, even when, even when I looked at the run of ten games, Tom, right? When I looked at the games with West Ham, Tottenham, May United and Chelsea, for me, minimum we had to win in two of those games. Minimum two we had to win them games. We have to mm -hmm. win on Wednesday. I can't see it happening. Yes, we played well against Chelsea in recent years, but again, it comes back to what we say. We haven't got a Ronaldo. We haven't got a Kane. We haven't got a Son. We haven't got a killer up front who's going to take us to get them wins. It's not going to happen unless a miracle happens. To put into context, like we're so we're on fifty four points now. Yeah, yeah. Um, last season we finished on sixty one in eighth. Yeah, the yeah. season before that we finished on fifty six um, in nineteen twenty and eighteen nineteen when we finished one point. Yeah, seventeen yeah. points, one point off the top four. So if you want to get into a bracket where you're talking about, you know, we're in a position where we're comp competing at a level that's for the top four. We need to have achieved 16 more points of the next, what, uh, 24 that's left? Yeah, yeah. Do you see that happening? Because I don't see 16 points in the next 24 available from Tom, the way that we're playing. Listen, like, like, like a famous Jimmy Green said, football's a funny old game. It is, but what we're seeing at the moment, what would give Arsenal fans any confidence whatsoever that Arsenal can even score a goal, let alone winning games? Things in football can change quickly. Just, just, just be honest about that. Yeah. So mm. you just don't know, like you know, who would have thought Tottenham would lose to Brighton today? No one really. No one. And and it happened. So realistically, if Spurs would have won today and we'd have won today, nothing changed. Nothing. Nothing's changed. The one thing that's changed is our confidence. Is I would imagine at all-time low. It isn't for me as a fan, man, because we're all talking, we don't know when we're going to get the next win. So the fans, if the fans are saying that, the players are thinking it as well, like, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, but if they, go, if they go to Chelsea and win, the confidence boost for that may, may be, a, it will be a big upswing. I feel now, like I'm in Groundhog Day. If we go to Crystal Palace, if we go to Brighton, we're not when gonna, we go exactly. to Southampton, I mean, we're, it's like, what it, is happening? You know, the, the, and the one thing, the one thing that I look back, I look back, I, I looked at Real Madrid the other night when they played Chelsea. I thought Real Madrid were poor. My honest opinion. 
Benzema had two chances in the first half, two fantastic headers, game, game changers. We haven't got that. So I don't know, you know, you could go go and well and play at Chelsea, but you've got to be able, even today, you know, take your chances. All of a sudden you think, oh, hold on a minute, we've won this game. Mm-hmm. I don't see it. I don't see with Arsenal because we're not ruthless. We're, as a football club, from top to bottom, Arsenal are not ruthless. They're not ruthless at board level. They're not ruthless at management level. They're not they're not ruthless on the playing staff, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But that's that's how, that the reality is. You know, we've we're still in a race. I know it sounds stupid. We're still in there at this moment in time. <laughs> yeah, but, we win Wednesday. Wednesday but we're Thursday, one we're one level with We're level with. I, I said <laughs> yeah. on our show. I said on our show earlier that I trust maths at the moment. Yeah. I don't trust Arteta and I don't trust the team, but I trust maths. And mathematically, we're still in it. Lee, yeah. what, what I know you've got to shoot, mate. Yeah. yeah, no worries. I know you got to shoot, mate, but thank you so much for taking the time to come on, especially because you're not no that. You enjoy the rest Indeed. of it. Sorry that Arsenal I will do. Thank you, you very much. Take care, Saturday, guys. So if I see you in the week, look forward and to you, it. And you, mate. And I'll see you, yeah, see you all in the week, like, yeah. Right. Come on, you gunners. Don't lose your fight. Enjoy your holiday. Don't let them ruin your holiday. See you later, mate. Have Thank a good you. one. Take care, a massive mate. thank you to Lee. Uh, don't go anywhere, people. We're sticking around. We're still going to be continuing to talk about today's game and break more of it down. There's nearly a thousand of you watching. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. As always, I know there's a lot oh, of uh, oh, a lot night. of people what? needing uh, you know therapy on oh, a Saturday night. That shows you what this club does to us. Eh? Please <laughs> do drop a like on the video and show your appreciation, and please do show your love to both Lee, of course, who's just joined us and left us, Sophie and Albert. They've been fantastic all show, but we're going to keep going. Um, Sophie, you brought up that point there, kind of, you know, Groundhog Day, if the next game, if the next game. You know, let me bring up a hypothetical scenario because things do, as Lee said there, change very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And they change so fast that after the international break, we were like, oh, I think we were on Lee Judge's channel. And do you think we get top four? Yeah, you know, I think we're going to get top four. It shows you how quickly things change. If, say, by some miraculous reason or somehow we turn this round and we get fourth because Spurs and United, you know, do something that, I don't know, they're going to administration and they get docked eight points. <laughs> something crazy happens. But we, I, I still feel like how I feel now. I'll be ecstatic and over the moon and dumbfounded that we did it. But there'll just be something about these games that, you know, we look back on them and the mistakes that have been made. What, for you... Do we have to see between now and the end of the season to reassure you? Or is it impossible between now and the end of the season? Okay, so if we do get top four, Mm. (laughs) I only use the the rearview mirror to check my lipstick. So I will not look back because I will want to look forward Mm. to Adu, Arteta and the owners getting into a European position being in the Champions League and utilizing this as a resource and tool to acquire and recruit better, older, world-class players. People mistake the Arsenal Football Club being a a poor Premier League team with the fact that they're actually still a big club. Mm. And hear me out, guys, and don't come at me, but we are a bigger club than Manchester City. But Manchester City are doing much much, much bigger things than us. Hmm. What separates us is money, investment, recruitment, and being willing to pay top dollar for top talent. That's the difference. Arsenal Football Club are one of the most followed teams around the world. They have millions and millions of fans. 
you know, we've created a history. And that history is what comes back to haunt us because of where we're at right now. So if we end up making top four, this club better maximize the opportunity and they better make it count. They better be willing to open up that checkbook. I don't care if you reduce the wage bill in January. Where did that get us? Nowhere. In modern day football, Tom, that doesn't count for nothing. It really doesn't. Hmm. So getting top four, you got to put your money where your mouth is. Invest, build around Saka, Martinelli, Emil Smith-Rowe, Thomas Partey. Get a, get a backup to Kieran Tierney or find another left back who's not going to be as injured as much. Be ruthless. Is Are you happy with your centre-backs? If not, go out. Is Saliba coming back? Are you willing to do the things you need to do to take this club to the next level? We can only do that with European football, which is why it's going to be so disappointing if we don't, because we'll just recruit more Tommy Osu's Ben White and there's and Ramsdale's, and that's not a bad thing. Mm, it just makes you plod along. It doesn't yeah. help you trot. Mm. Look, all the all those players you've said there, Ramsdale, Tommy Asu, White. You know, I believe those three players have the potential to be in Champions League sides. You know, they've shown that to me. Yes, they're good but players. I, but I don't believe that they are players that can be the protagonists. You know, to lead a Champions League side in the next couple of years, whilst they're still in their early to mid twenties, they are the players that if you put White into John Stones's position at Manchester City or Matip's position at Liverpool, I think he'd slot straight in. I don't oh. think he'd stand out. I don't think he'd be out of place. I think that, you know, he's got the potential. Same with Ramsdale, same with Tommy Asu. I'm not talking about all three being thrown into Liverpool, just individually, those players. I don't think they'd stand out like sore thumbs in that team. The difference is, is the players that are around them. You know, you, you brought up Phil Foden earlier, Sophie, and we talk about Phil Foden as, you know, this, this talent coming through at Man City. Man City are finally producing, you know, their own talent. They've got the likes of Cole Palmer coming through, looks the next one that, that might cool. come through as well. But it's just him. It's just Foden. And if you look at that Liverpool team, it's just Trent. It, it's mm -hmm. it's one or two. Well, and it's, uh, Elliot, he's a good player, right? Of course. Have, and he's the next yeah. one because he's only yeah. 18 years of age and Trent's now, what, 22? So he's that next four-year gap, you think, between them. But, you know, we've got Martinelli, who's 20. We've got Smith-Rowe, who's 21. We've got Saka, who's 20. Lukonga, that's just turned 22. Tavares just turned 22. Ramsdale mm -hmm. just is 23. Tommy Asu just turned 23. Tierney just turned 24. Ben White, 23. Gabriel just turned 24. Like, it's it's this young team, which is great, but you can see why we're, we are where we are, not only because we've got an inexperienced coach who's, who's making some naive decisions. And by the way, I stand by the point that I don't think he's an arrogant coach. I think he's a naive coach and a, and a principled coach. I don't look at it as arrogance. I always think that's a, that's a misinterpretation of what we're seeing. I think it's naivety and stubbornness. But I think definitely stubbornness. It's definitely stubbornness. Yeah, without a yeah. shadow of a doubt, because he stands yeah. by his principles. I don't think it's arrogance. I don't think he thinks he's too good for this. That that's the issue. Sophie, I feel like there's a conflict in your eyes. I can sense no, it. No, no, no. I me just if I, wrong. no, I don't. I think you're right. I also think we're kind of snobby. I think he's snobby. I think as a club we're snobby. Right, we would never go get a James Milner. We would never not no. go get a Johnny Evans. Mm -mm, we no. would not be practical. Like, why? Can you imagine if we signed Joel Matip? Matip? Oh, they'd, oh, they'd lost their minds. Mm. We, this, we say this, they. This, I think we would have lost our minds, Albert. I think uh, I would have... I, if we had assigned Joel Matip on a free from Schalke to be, you know, the guy that was to replace Koscielny, say, I really think that we would have criticised that choice. 
Why aren't we going out and spending £50 million on a centre-back, we'd say? Why are we going for a free? Why are we taking the cheap, easy route? No, because Matip's, you know, he's played pretty bloody yeah, decent yeah, at Schalke yeah, and he's got yeah, to be an experienced yeah. head. Tom, I hear, I, hear you, I hear you with that argument, Tom. I think that that's probably just more of a reflection of um, <laughs> the, the, so, the madness of social media and the sort of the FIFA look at things. But I think it, sure. I, I think it depends It depends as an Arsenal fan how much, fo- I always say this, Tom, how much football you watch outside of the Premier League and even in the Premier League, how much football you watch outside of Arsenal to know about mm-hmm. certain players and knowing your knowledge about football in terms of sure. mm-hmm. who you think could come in because... I don't think that happens enough. I don't know every Arsenal fan, but if if they only they're accountable for themselves with that. So mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying, um, because there's certain players that it's it's they, it's like an afterthought, isn't it? Like Andy Robertson for me is the best example. He was a fantastic fullback at Hull City, but people go because he played for Hull, they don't look at him. The 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 the, the even the ex pros probably don't look at him in the way of thinking he had that. He had talent. He always had talent, Tom. He's mm-hmm. very good for Scotland. Mm-hmm. Getting a move to Liverpool, I thought it was a good. I thought it was a good buy for them at the time. It was eight million pound, mm-hmm. I think it was. They look at him now. No. Oh, we should have got him. But then it's the same thing with Ben White. I, listen, I stuck my neck on. I stuck my neck on a Ben White on my, my neck on the line for Ben White at the start mm-hmm. of the season. Or whenever I did, I can't remember when it was. Um, but I said to them, look, if he'd have gone to Liverpool, and and, I've, and I, I'm sure Liverpool, whatever news, whatever report you want to believe, were interested in him. If he'd have gone there, Tom, and torn it up and played as well as he had and played well, Arsenal fans would have been losing their minds. Why didn't we go and get Ben White? So but makes Klopp, Klopp has improved yeah. those. He 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 would improve. Our players have regressed. Mm. Albert, who's improved this season under this manager? Who's improved? Under I would this say, manager, I, I would say this. I think there are. I think there are examples of players that have improved. I think that Saka's improved. You know, the, and and Smith Rowe. You look at the way in which they've added goals to their game this season. But that's only because they've really been forced to. Because you know we didn't bring in the striker. But mm. I think they have improved. Um, I think Erdegaard has been a different player to when he was in the six months that we had him on loan. I think he's been a much improved player. Um, but. The issue is, is that they've, that they're improving, you know, not only with the factor of they're young and they're naturally improving because they're getting more experience and more game time. Yeah. And I think there's a factor of the player, but they are improving not only because of those, but because they have to, because they absolutely have to. It's not the case of like, I'm trying to think of an example, say, so, at so Manchester. That's, that, that's the Go point. They're, they're, they're improving, not by default. Because they're protagonists and they're being exactly. lent on. yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good. That. Yes. So there's another level to improvement, right? Absolutely. It's this point of the season, carrying you through Palace, carrying you through Brighton, carrying you through Sunderland, and it always comes back and circles back to well, why did Chelsea win the Champions League? Everyone was raving about how Frank Lampard got a young team into the Champions League. Tuchel mm-hmm. took it to another level, mm-hmm. wins the Champions League. That's because Mason Mount is playing with. Look who he's playing with. Got some amazing players. Imagine if these young players were playing with some players like that. Mm -hmm. The roof, the ceiling. No. Tiago Silva, and I'll hold my hands up and be like, Oh my God, I I wanted him so bad. I didn't. And I can hold my hands up and be like, Look, there are a lot of people. 35? Are you mad? Why are you bringing him in? And because I'm naive, and you know, I'm not perfect. I I write about football. I don't, I'm not in the game exactly. And there's a reason why. I even said when I found out, having covered him here, when I found out Zlatan wanted to go back to Europe, I was Mm -hmm. like, Oh my God, make a phone call, Arsenal. Just get him 
on loan, even if it's for like half a season. And he went back to Milan and he just was insane, Mm -hmm. right? It's been part of the reason they've risen to be title challengers again. A hundred percent. Even when you look at, everyone thought Cavani was finished. He went to Mm -hmm. Manchester United. He did bits when he first arrived, right? Okay, things have turned out a little bit differently for him. Ronaldo was there. Exactly. That's That's not Cavani's fault. But these are the things we don't do. I don't understand why. I wanted um, Wijnaldum to come. Just come yeah, from January that, that would to have been May. a very smart buy. Convince yeah. him yeah. to come. Like, yeah. why don't we do business like that, Tom mm. and Albert? Why? Oh, it's, it's frustrating because it's those positions as well. Like, you know, we've gone out and we've bought certain players of experience. You know, we got in Cedric, who's got Premier League experience. We brought in Willian, who's got Premier League experience. David Luiz. You know, David Luiz. David Luiz is interesting. I'll, I'll touch on him secondly. But Willian and Cedric in particular. Welbeck, another one. These are fringe players at their clubs. Correct. You know, they're not players that were playing week in, week out. They weren't really part of when they left, you know, in that final season before they left to join Arsenal. They weren't part of that crucial uh, team that was where they were at. Welbeck was surplus. Cedric was surplus. William was surplus, you know, and these were experienced players. What's good about and what's, you know, something I praised Arteta and Edu for was bringing in Ramsdale and White because they're a Premier League experience and they were starting week in, week out for their Premier League sides. However, they weren't the experienced heads. So when Vinealdum became available, you know, that in a central midfield role, orchestrating things would have been a, a brilliant move because he left Liverpool yeah. Yeah. as a player that Liverpool wanted to keep, not as depth, but to play. And to start yeah. with Henderson and to start with Cater and start with, with Fabinho. That, that's the type of experience that you need yes. to look for. It's, it's targeting those specific players. David Luiz is an interesting one. David Luiz, I always thought, was kind of, you know, he brought good leadership. He brought good playing out from the back qualities. But he has his weaknesses that yeah. we're all aware of. And I don't think he necessarily had the players around him enough to really cover for that. He had a, you know, Partey that was transitioning at the time and then Xhaka in front of him, you know, a young Chiarantini that was very, very offensive at the start of his time at Arsenal. You had Bernd Leno that couldn't distribute the ball to his centre-backs to the players around him. But David Luiz, you know, the reason why he was so successful at Chelsea, despite having the flaws that we saw at Arsenal that were more exposed at Arsenal, was because of the players around him. He could be the top-class centre-back at Chelsea because of those players emphasised all of his good qualities. And he, and, 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 he, and he was better in a back three. Yeah, and there was that as well. And they played yeah. to the strengths yeah. of those players. Yeah. And that's what the thing about Arsenal, I'm so frustrated about at times yeah. is that we don't play well, to our players' strengths. Yeah, and it's so annoying. Like, you can see... You, the reason why I want to go to a back three so much is, one, because, you know, we've got a guy in Rob Holding who every time he's been called upon this season to play in a back three, when he's come on at Molyneux, come on at Anfield, he's been brilliant. You know, he's dealt with everything that he's... Because he's good in a back three. Put in a back two, and you might get your one-off game in the FA Cup final, like we've seen, where he's really, really good. But you actually, you know, you put him in a back three, he's quite good Ben White flourished at Leeds in a back three flourished at Brighton in a back three or maybe less so at Leeds but certainly at Brighton flourished in a back three well he helped them get promotion you're right on that one of course yeah Yeah. Um, I can't remember if they played the back three though at Leeds I'm not sure if they did but Brighton they definitely did did, and England when he's played in the right side of the centre back he's looked really good as well Mm -hmm. and you know Gabriel played in that back three when we went to Stamford Bridge he played in that left hand side hasn't really played there but you know I think he's competent enough and collaborative enough to play there you look at Tavares who we've got at the moment because Keaton is injured defensively 
a lot of questions. But offensively, I think there's some real talent and potential. And that's why, I mean, we I spoke to his former coach, um, Joao Tralia, who coached him at, uh, at Benfica when he was a youngster and said that he was a winger. But we could see that he wasn't really refined enough to, to, you know, develop into that winger role. But he had the physicality, he had the energy and the dynamism. So we turned him into a left, uh, a left wing back for us. And that's why he's going to develop into that role. So... It's it's just the targeted mistakes that we make and the the square pegs and the round holes which we continue to do and and it's that Albert that we keep coming back to these same issues that leave us in the mud that we yeah. find ourselves in again. Tom, can I chuck a question at you? And I was obviously so through. Of course you, you can, like because I've seen people sort of touch on it in the chat in terms mm. of. Um, Sorry, I've been so ignorant, guys. No, no, no. It's a question that it's a question that comes up quite a lot actually in terms of. Arteta's ability to attract players and people probably see his um, style of man management might be a reason as to why mm -hmm. we might not be able to attract certain players. Do you think that's a plausible um, point? I think that if you are Antonio Conte at Spurs mm -hmm. and, you know, say Arsenal and Spurs end up both finishing fifth and sixth and Man United yeah. get fourth. Um, if you're if, if you're a player and you're looking saying, am I going to go to Spurs to play for Antonio Conte. And, and that's the point, yeah. Uh, or am I going to go to Arsenal to play for Mikel Arteta in a project that is appreciated, you mm. know? You know, it's... For all our jokes about Spurs, and we all love making jokes about Spurs and their bottlers and that, mm. but, you know, if there's one person that you think could really change your mind about how where Spurs could go... The manager. Be, employment. Uh, pedigree matters in employment. 100%. How many managers can you name in the league that you would say would be more, um, what's the right words, that you'd rather play? Ignore the team. like Forget the team that they, they coach. The, the, the pull of the man, the, yeah. The yeah. coach themselves. How many coaches would you put above Arteta? If you go through. So if we go Klopp, Klopp Guardiola, Conte, Tuchel. Tuchel. Mm. Um, I would... I would want to play for Moyes more right now than Arteta. Would you want to play for Bruno Large more than Mikel Arteta? I would. I, I think he's got a high. I think he will manage. Um, I think team. he'll get. I think he'll get. Like mm -hmm. yes, um, there's something about him. Um, and I'm not a Moyes fan. I've not been happy with how he's treated certain female journalists at times. But if you're yeah. talking pure, he's a football manager. He'd be my boss, and I'd go in to do a job. Right now, I'd know what my job is with Moyes. One hundred percent. There's no mm. blurred lines in terms of mm. what he would want and how he would want to play. Um, Eric Ten Hag? Because oh, he's going to be the one that takes over. He's, he, you know, Tom, I've referenced you on Sky Sports um, because you made a phenomenal point. Oh, you've about outed Ten me. When you said that seeing Ten Hag go to United kind of makes you happier than Poch going there mm -hmm. because of the setup mm -hmm. Ten Hag purely Man United. Yeah. Purely Man United. He is, again, like Klopp was and like Pep was, perfect for us. Oh, yeah. I think Ten Hag is like, if you could sculpt a manager that could come in and take Arsenal to the next level, it would be him for me. And um, if it's so, the thing about Ten Hag is, you know, it's the project... He's the perfect project manager. Yes. And if yes. we'd have hired him when we hired Arteta, you know, I would have so much more confidence about where we're going because there's so many unknowns yeah. about Arteta. Like yeah. infinite unknowns because he'd never managed at a club before. 
Ten Hag going to United doesn't necessarily worry me because I don't think he'll get the time. I don't think the fans will accept some of the decisions that are made. No. I don't think the squad's the squad's nowhere near what he needs. You know, um, I worry about what he's going to do with Donny Van der Beek. Annoyingly, um, but you know, he'll but he'll he'll get a rise out of him. I'd rather play for Steven Gerrard than Arteta. It, it's Gerrard has something about, it. and I made this point a while ago. And people was looking at me like I was crazy. I said, listen. <laughs> People have pools. Yes, he had a fantastic playing career, and it's not. It is that is partly down to it. But Gerard, I don't know what it is. Uh, it's, you know, you just can't find the words. But he just has something about him. I don't know what he it will is. recruit this summer. It's like college sports in America, right? Mm. The the coach of any college team, basketball, um, football, they've got to be great recruiters. You get in a room with a family. You've got mm. to convince that talented young athlete at high school level to come to your school, okay? And that is the the number one job, not only to be a great coach, but recruitment, right? Mm. And mm. we need, you know, Arsenal Football Club is a lure, but look what happened with our history. Look how many players wanted to come because of Wenger and mm. his legacy because of Thierry Henry, because of Patrick Vieira, because of Dennis Burkamp, because of Ian Wright, because, mm. because, because. And that's the part that we've kind of lost now. And in order to get that back as good as you are and as great as the badge is and as beautiful as the club is, the lure, you need that mm -hmm. guru recruiter to convince you to come and play and why. And if you yeah. don't have that in the team, you need other players that are going to convince you. And if, say, you know, we've again, we moved to Tottenham. Not, not me moved, but we moved the, the focus to Tottenham. Don't that move there. That was a horror. Jesus. Never would have been there. But, you know, move the focus to Spurs. Forget Conte, you know. Um, and you've got Kane and you've got Son and you've got two world-class players there that you don't have at Arsenal. Like, if we, I love Bakaya Saka. Don't, just don't ever question my love for that guy. But Son and Kane are on different, different planets. Different planet, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so, if you're a, if you're a, if you're a, a player that's got no attachment from a fan perspective to Arsenal, when you say, would you rather play alongside Harry Kane as a winger or you know whatever, um, and Son, or would you rather play alongside Bakaya Saka and Emil Smith Rowe? For however much we love those two, you know, it's just it's not a contest. It, it's not, and that's what Arsenal have the problem right now is that in the summer, if he stays, which I'm expecting him to, even if we finish outside the top six, I'm expecting him to finish. I'm expecting him to stay. I don't think they'll get rid of him. So the but, um, sorry, even with the recruitment thing, even look, I know don't talk, don't want to talk, talk too much about Tottenham, but even I know some fans that weren't even happy with their January transfer window, even bringing in. Benton Court and Kulusevski, but they have been a lift. They have been a. They have improved Tottenham. They have. They, have. they, they came in from Juventus. Look, I, I know I was really kind of dismissive of those two in the summer because I didn't yeah. really think they'd progress. You know, Spurs as much. Then maybe I was naive about Antonio Conte and what he would do with those two. To be honest, you know, I I looked at them as individuals. I didn't really look at them as what they would then do under Antonio Conte, rather than they'd been doing under an Allegri that didn't really fancy either of them massively. So I definitely underestimated that, and I think mm. that. You look at those two and and the strength that they brought to that team is they've improved yeah. those positions. They've improved on more and they've look improved at, on wins. Look at the record between the front three now. And I, I, I want to just say this before, I know, I know you're probably going to want to close and stuff, but... I've got all the time I, in the world if you want. I have seen, <laughs> okay, when we talk about the owners, hmm. right, if their desire is the same for the Arsenal 
as it was to win a Super Bowl in Los Angeles, okay, then Mm. we would be in the summer with Champions League football like on a path because Mm. I saw them throw the kitchen sink at this team in Los Angeles to win it all. They lost out two previous seasons. They went for the young manager in Sean McVay. He came from a tree of insane management and success. And now his assistants are getting hired left, right, and center at different teams. The Cronkies spent a lot of money and recruited the best to win. They went out and got Matthew Stafford. Everyone felt like he was the quarterback that had been in the league for years, just not surrounded by the right players, the right team, the right coaches. Comes, delivers in his first season a Super Bowl. They go and get Odell Beckham Jr., one of the most explosive wide receivers, was at Cleveland around a a, a questionable quarterback. You know, in a questionable team with a a, 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 man, a a coach that was just kind of getting into the grips of being a head coach. Mm. They've done it here. They're doing it with the Denver Nuggets. Don't tell me you can't do it with Arsenal Football Club. You can. Mm. You've got the means. You have the power. You're one of the most the powerful though, sports Sophie, people I know, but hire the right people. People, mm. and that's the thing. But do they know to hire the right people? That's the problem. They, I think you're absolutely spot on with what you're saying about yeah, everything. Yeah. You know, you prove you can do it in this sport and this sport. You know, you, the sporting minds of what you can achieve is clearly there, but their understanding of the sport of football is just not. It's just not there. And I don't have the faith that they okay, make so the, the right owner choices. of Alibaba, the, the, the Amazon of China, right? Mm-hmm. He's got mon- millions to invest in stuff. He wants to start making films here or whatever. He's getting the best team. They get these people. They hire the best in the market to do the job, to get the job done. I just don't understand. I wish I could have five minutes with them in a room just to say, hire these people. So if you please try and if make that you happen. want to build a football team, just hire <laughs> these people. It's Sophie. They have all the power and the means in the world for crying out loud. The wife is the 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 heir to the to the to the Walmart empire. Mm. They're smart. they're not idiots. No. And that, and and that's the thing, like it's like you say, like, why can they not look at Arsenal? I know, and Tom makes a good point. It's, it's, I know whether their love for soccer or they call it or football. Why can they not have that same? I, I don't need to have the love, I mate. I need them to have the, the knowledge to know how to take us forwards. You know, they're, they're never, that... they're never going to be Arsenal fans like us. They're, they're, mm. they're not. It's not in their understanding and DNA. But what they need, they need to to look at a situation where they see an opportunity to take Arsenal to the next level. And if, you know, you listen to Josh, who's a very good speaker, he was, and when he was talking during the Super Bowl period, he's saying, look, we want to get Arsenal to the Invincibles level. You, you need to hire people that can take you there because exactly. at the moment you don't have them. You they want to win. They like winning. Okay. They like winning in business. Cronky's one of the Jimmy, biggest landowners way. in America. He's one of the biggest, he wants to win on a, yeah. on a, on a, deal for a building or a piece of land he's got it in him and that's what he does Mm. they need to translate that to our club and unfortunately they have hired the wrong people people. and we find ourselves in similar situations and everybody is culpable from top to bottom and Mm. this is why we have this kind of culture at our club as much as it's shifted Mm -hmm. it has been yes um 
I have been really ignorant of the chat box. Uh, I'm so Bless sorry. Um, busy. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. I'm going to take some of your questions. Um, Sophie, check the private chat, by the way, just for time oh, reasons. Oh, okay. Um, we'll take this one from Petrim first, who says, uh, Tom, based on what you just said, which based upon when you probably asked the question was an hour ago, so I'm sorry, um, but they say, um, have we overhyped Arsenal this season with these 20-year-old lads? And it's a really interesting question because, you know, I think if I list the players that I think can become world-class, you know, we can go through so many of them. Like I think there's so many in this side that can become world-class with the right direction and with the right world-class players around them to guide them. I think we've got a fair few, but we don't have that. <laughs> you know, we don't have those players, Albert. So what have we overhyped Arsenal? I don't think we have. I think this is a team with potential and I always looked at it as being a top six team and it looks like it's going to be that. <laughs> Bloody hell, fingers crossed it is that, is that at minimum. But, you know, I don't think we've necessarily overhyped them. I just think that there's been so much um, opportunity this season with the top four race that's been created by both our own form and that of the other teams that we feel an overriding sense of disappointment and let down towards the end of the season with so few games left. It's like I said um, earlier. Uh, it's, it's like it's, it's like a it's a battle of the it's it's a bottle of, it's a bottle top top four job, and that's and that includes us with, with with the other clubs you've mentioned. But I think in terms of that question, I would say I don't think we have on the panel and probably other fans. I think in terms of overhyped, I, if you look, if you've got social media, there are sections unfortunately that have probably got carried away. But then winning breeds confidence. You get excited, look forward to games, and it can easily happen because not everybody's mm -hmm. level-headed and you know can see it for what it is and you know game by game. But I think it's a good question. But I think that's probably aimed at sections of um, the the fans when it comes to social media, unfortunately. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, Sophie, what do you think? Um, I just think we've been happy the fact that you know we've we've won games and we've played well and we've got plays we can fall in love with again. I think that's the core here. You know, we fell in love with Ramsdale. We've fallen in love with Gabrielle. We've fallen in love with Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe, Martinelli and um, a lot of fans, Thomas Partey. So I think it's a mix of we finally have a team that we can like again, mm -hmm. you know, and we can see a path. And I think a lot of us do wonder, you know, with the group that we have, if we did have a more experienced manager, where could we go? And, you know, it shows at this point in the season. So, so yeah, I don't think we've overhyped them. I just think we've been excited about seeing maybe um, t players that, that love the shirt and the badge. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Marcus says, sorry, I had to log off. What did you do to Lee or is he too upset to carry on? No, Lee, Lee is on <laughs> holiday right now. He did join us for the first hour. So if you are joining us late, do catch up and watch the rest of the show because it was some really good stuff what he said. But Marcus does ask, if we do stay top six, does Arteta stay and how accountable is Edu? Sophie, we'll start with you on this one. Does he stay if we get top six? He's had five transfer windows. We've spent north of 250 million um, we've regressed at this point. Um, if we do end up finishing top six, uh, I would like for us to be ruthless and say, you know what, you've done a good job. You've cleared the deck. Sometimes someone has to come in and do a dirty job and then someone with a little bit more experience comes in to take us to the next level. And I think that's what I would like to see. However, the manager I wanted is on his way to Manchester United. So it has to be 
a big fish. So who, we have to who? have an experienced who? manager. It's a brilliant question. <laughs> I, I struggle. I really don't know who, if we got rid of him. I The one I say Mancini always Mancini for me would be one. Oh, great yeah. shout. Great. Uh, shout. The other one for me is Gautier. Like at, uh, at Nice, who won the league with Lille last season. Mm-hmm. He, he went to Lille, you know, he won the league with them, beat PSG. He then left, went to Nice, has taken them into the Champions League. But he, he's a proven improver of teams. Um, and, and I think he's gaining pedigree and clear experience as well. So I look at Galtier, but yeah, you know, Mancini isn't a bad shout, even though he got kind of disgraced by getting knocked out by North Macedonia. You know, he, he also won, won a world trophy. He won the uh, Euros, Euros, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, okay, a bit of a hangover for them. It's a disaster for Italy not to be in the World Cup, let's be honest. However, mm-hmm. he's been in the Premier League. He's managed mm-hmm. at a top level. He's managed world-class players. He's won, you know, um, at the highest players. level. And that's the type of manager i would only remove arteta from the scenario for somebody like that louis enrique would you the spain, spain manager i don't think he'd leave spain personally at least not until after the world cup um i, I mean, like look how him, xavi's turned but... around barcelona i know they lost mm-hmm. to frankfurt and that was a disaster mm-hmm. for Ooh, them but yeah, yeah. in terms in the league he's really you can see what he's oh, done He's the right guy for them. I think yes. he's the perfect Barcelona manager. Yes. And that's the thing is we need to find the perfect Arsenal No, manager. I wouldn't roll the dice on Enrique. I would roll the dice on... Patrick Vieira? No, not no. right now. Not yet, not yet. Not yet. Few, give him another few, season and yeah, see what he does. Graham Potter? No. No, neither would I, personally. I'm just trying to think off, off the top of my head now, managers. I'm do you want to know a name that people... Yeah, go on. Prob- no, I'm not going to say it. You're going to say I Pochettino, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I The thing, I wouldn't. I don't think I would. And I don't know why. I do know why. One of the reasons is Spurs, obviously. Is it, but is it timing? I just feel like he's a bit of a George bottler. Graham went and managed Spurs and he's still revered as an it, Arsenal is he, manager. Is he a bottler? Is, he a, is, is Pochettino a bottler? No, I think PSG as a culture oh. of bottlers... And because well. Tuchel failed to, to deliver the Champions League. Emery failed. Pochettino has failed. It's all well and good winning Liga and, you know, the Coupe, you know, and whatever. But I don't think... Also, he got to a Champions League final when he lost to Liverpool, which was the right result mm. <laughs> and a much better team. Um, but he's... He would... I don't know. I, I I might be regretting saying that out loud, but you know, why would he you, transformed. Why would he, you he, trans, he transformed Tottenham. Let's be no, honest. He yeah. He completely transformed that team. And I think in yeah. a way that made them as much as they were Spursy, right? I think they regret yeah. sacking him. Oh, I mean, yeah. this is a club well, that sacked Mourinho week before a League Cup <laughs> final. No, no, but yeah. I'm talking about the replacements and what happened after that. Um, um not spelt correctly, which does bug me, but I'll say it anyway. <laughs> Diego Simeone. Now, you guys uh, would hate the football. That if, I would if, take him in a heartbeat, but Dan Potts would be, you know, bubbling away with happiness that someone said Diego Simeone. I, I'm not for Diego Simeone personally, not because I don't think, not because I don't think he's a good coach. That's not what I'm saying. Um, I, I think that if we were to change coach, I just would pick someone else over him. 
if we are if we were to sack Arteta and it was a case of Simeone being the next guy to come in, I would have so many worries because I just feel like he is he is Atletico Madrid. Like Arsene Wenger was Arsenal. I look at them as so meshed and synergetic between each other. I think the, the, the stadium, the types of players he has, although he has tried to change the philosophy of Atleti for years and ultimately not mm. been able to do that. He's won leagues and titles because he had to revert in the end to, to type and to what he does best. And that's why he managed to, you know, really take advantage and exploit that year where Real Madrid fell away. But the year that he won the title, you know, he was arguably the best coach in the world. In I think it was 2013 um, when he won that title. And you're getting to the, the Champions League final, of course, that was peak prime Simeone with a peak prime Simeone Atletico team and I just don't think so because I will let you speak on this <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and take all the limelight <laughs> on this one but I just I, I just think he is Atletico and I just don't think that Atletico would mesh with this Arsenal I, I know it's been a long you know we've seen players go from Real Madrid to Barcelona we've seen George Gray manage Arsenal and go to Tottenham albeit a while ago you know, we, we talk a lot about, the, you know, Carlos Tevez uh, left United, went to City. Uh, I, I think, you know, we talk, you know, a lot of people like, oh, Pochettino was at Tottenham for six years, didn't win anything. Fine. Yes. I'm saying if we're going to upgrade on Mikel Arteta, it has to be the level of a Klopp, a Conte, a Pep. To be quite honest with you guys, if we showed any ambition whatsoever with Chelsea being in no man's land right now and not knowing what's going to happen to them from keeping players to signing players to what comes next, I would go and say to Tuchel, what do you want? What do you need? We'll give it to you. Mm. We did that to Tottenham. We signed Sol Campbell. Where's that Arsenal? When we signed Sol Campbell in the Mm. middle of the night and revealed him and it was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. That is ruthless. You want to talk about Kajones? That was ruthless. Kajones, I love oh, that. Okay. <laughs> did he used to play for Stoke, Kajones? Did, did. Yeah. Um, but that is the Arsenal I want to see. And Tuchel's been going through a bit of a tough time. He's getting divorced. Like, you can see the wheels coming off a little bit. He's had to deal with a lot. Does he really want to be going through next season, having to answer Mm. political questions and and getting sucked into that? Be ruthless. So if we're going to get rid of him, it's got to be a Mancini or it's got to be a Tuchel for me. Mm. And then that next tier comes. And those names that we've mentioned are all eh questionable and this this is my issue with the Arteta scenario the whole in and out thing is because I worry that we get rid of him and bring in just you know another risk and I don't want to risk I know that everyone is a risk but you do you know what I mean I don't want another I don't want to roll of the dice that's not what I want and the thing is with Arteta is that whilst I've got all of these issues that we've highlighted so frequently on tonight's show based off the back of those last three performances you know I've still seen so much in this Arteta tenure that did did Gave me hope that, you know, that that the changes that have been made to Arsenal under Arteta, which has set up the possibility of another coach coming in if he does end up failing to to succeed, you know, and and I appreciate all of those things. I'd want that next coach not to be a roll of the dice. You know, that's why why I don't want a Potter. That's why I don't necessarily want a Vieira, because I think that they're rolls of the dice and I don't want a roll of the dice to change. uh, Would you be be more comfortable um, with... Obviously, his posture's been mentioned, but mm-hmm. Mancini really that that would entice me absolutely. That's sexy. Thought, Look, and and timing and in, in sometimes in football, timing yeah, yeah. is everything. Listen, Italy have not made it in two back to back World Cups. What you know? What 
if Arsenal are or want to act like a big club, as many people say over mm-hmm. the last year or whatever, mm-hmm. go and go and start talking to him. Go and test the waters. Go and you know go and Tempt put him. it put put word, put word in his ear. Why not? Yeah. I, I, I think it'd be tricky because I think he obviously wants to prove that he can take, you know, literally to work. I don't know if that means staying with him for that many years. But yeah, look, this isn't like, um, you know, the thing with Mancini is like, it's it's not going for a coach like Emery. You know, uh, Emery was a coach with pedigree. He'd won back-to-back Europa Leagues. He'd won the title with PSG. But he never managed in the Prem and he wasn't familiar with the culture and the, and the language and the communication. And that was ultimately, in my view, why it didn't work. You know, he just didn't, he didn't fit Arsenal. Yeah. And the difference with Mancini is that Premier League experience, you yes. know, he can communicate his ideas. He's won Premier League titles. He's won a European championship with Italy. Like the pedigree is there. Massive. And that's what I'd want if we changed coach. And it's why I'm so, it's why I've been so, um, not anti, but so resistant to the idea of just saying, Arteta out, sack him now, get rid of him today, because I'm so there's, questioning there's, what we do yeah, next. There's a lot of that, yeah, yeah. Without and I just worry thought. that this club mm. won't make the right choice. Uh, and you know that's yeah. that's it. Anyway, I uh, I'm quite glad you said that, so because I was going to wrap things up anyway. So it's all good. Um, thank you, you two. We've been going for an hour and forty five. Oh, Massive brilliant. thank you to Lee, of course, who joined us. I think brilliant this has been stuff. one of the most therapeutic. I hope that you've enjoyed it as well. And you, I know that we've been ignorant of you guys, and I'm sorry. Um, you know, if there's anything that we do do on this channel, it is chat box interaction. So if there was ever a show that we needed to just Get things off our chest, as I've titled this show. It was it was going to be today. If you are somehow new to the channel and you've just joined us for the first time, we do shows every single day at 8 a.m. UK time, keeping you up with all, all of the latest Arsenal news we keep you up to date with. I do regular shows with people like Sophie and Albert and Lee and Harry and Dan, people with differing views. We had a great chat with Turkish yesterday, or day before yesterday. And, you know, Turkish is one of the very few people, say what about him you want, because, you know, I know it's not, his, not all of his views align with everyone else's, but he's one of the few people that keeps the energy on the ownership. And they're ultimately the big people that are making a lot of problems with us at the moment. So uh, it's it's always diverse views, as long as they're respectful, as all of them always are on the channel. So thank you, Chatbox. And thank you to my guests. Chatbox, please show them some love. Sophie, thank you so much, mate, for coming on the show. I can't wait to finally meet you oh, for the first it's gonna time. It's going to be so good. I can't wait. Thursday. Uh, yeah. is, there, is there enough space that we can talk about this or is it closed? Yeah, you, yeah we can. No, let's, uh, let's roll the dice. <laughs> <laughs> let's roll, roll the dice. I mean, I'll <laughs> even see if I can find out uh, and get up on screen the, uh, the ad while I'm saying goodbye but Sophie thank you so much for coming on the thank show thank you and thanks really to everyone in chat you guys have really made some yeah, smart lively. and really great um, comments and uh, appreciate each and every one of you thanks for hanging out and it's not easy coming on and you know talking about our beloved club after oh, a game like that so mm. thanks to everyone for hanging out for sure Absolutely. yes here we are Thursday at the Hippodrome boom yeah, if you've enjoyed tonight's show uh, and you're thinking, wow, if only I could see these people in person. Well, we've got the solution for you because next oh. Thursday in Leicester Square, in the Hippodrome, 18 plus uh, from 7 to 9 p.m., we are doing a live show. Um, I mean, it costs nothing to come, right? So no, I've been free. saying to people, that, because yeah. I said that on a stream the other day and I was going, oh, crap, what if it does? <laughs> so... <laughs> So no, it costs absolutely it right. nothing. If you'd like to come along oh. and you're in London on Thursday, you can meet everybody from the Shut Today Show. Albert, I, I think you're going to be there. Is that right as well? So uh, I'm looking I, forward I, to seeing I, you in the audience. I, I will be there. I'm going to have my best fragrance on. Now I know Sophie's going to be there. I'm going to do everything. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'll be there, man. 
Amazing stuff. <laughs> so if you it. would like to uh, come along and hear this conversation and more of this stuff live, plus in attendance is, of course, uh, Harry Simu of the Chronicles of Luna, Dan Potts of Lee Judges TV, and most kindly and beyond anything else, uh, Kevin Campbell, uh, former Arsenal striker, okay. and uh, obviously the other half of the Highbury squad will be there as well. Brilliant. So it's going to be a great evening. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to seeing so many people and familiar faces and unfamiliar faces that I only know by name in chat boxes on YouTube. It's going to be great. So uh, do come along and join us. If you would like to, that's the thing that I haven't told you is, is actually how you can actually attend, is if you email the Highbury squad at gmail.com. That's right, Soph. Yeah, we've got yes, that correct. That's correct. Lovely yes. Stuff uh, and inquire. Uh, we hopefully will do our absolute utmost to get you there if you are indeed interested. So, do indeed check that out. Um, Albert, thank you so much, mate, for coming on the show, my friend. It's been an absolute pleasure. I bet you're glad you got that text. It took up nearly two hours of your evening, but uh, <laughs> appreciate your time, my friend. Uh, Tom, it's been a while since I've been on your channel, man. Just the time that you've asked me before and the, the work, and I think you cannot do both at the same time. I'm like, no. Um, but no, it's great to be back, man. And um, thank you for having me on. Love being on your channel, man. Keep doing your Absolutely. thing. Amazing work, Tom, man. Thanks, bro. Albert, you, have, you also have your own channel, of course. So do give that a shout out as well. I, I do, Tom. Thank you for bringing me bringing me in very nicely. Um, I, yes, Albert JTV people on the road to 1K. Not not, not too far away, nice. man. Nice. So, um, hopefully, yes. um, to get, get in. subbed in, man. And um, Tom, much love, man. Appreciate the shout out. All I will say, people, is that there is right now over, what, 700, 600 of you watching. If, look, a sixth of that goes and subscribes to Come Albert, he gets a thousand subs. So go over to Albert JTV and press that subscribe button. And let's tonight, let's see if we can do it tonight. Get oh, Albert to a thousand subs no. and watch his content be, because listen, it's that'll great. be any hot chocolate, any hot cross buns of chocolate, man. Get me to a thousand, I'll be happy, mm. man. Practice Give people. him a good Easter present, you know. <laughs> Albert JTV, type it in on YouTube. <laughs> go yes. and press the subscribe button. Albert produces great content. And you've been hearing him tonight That's and how right. fantastic he has been at speaking. So go over and subscribe. Sophie. He's really good on tactics. Really good. He knows I love his, his stuff. Yeah, he does. Oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. See, people are already doing it, mate. So, uh, thanks, nice. thanks. fantastic stuff. Thank Sophie, Highbury Squad, give it some love. Uh, at Highbury Squad, come find us um, and uh, yeah, join our kind community. Uh, we have a chat box a lot like Tom's, um, really people who've become mates around the world and it's a wonderful thing. So yeah, come hang out. And by the way, please, good luck to our women's team tomorrow in their yes. semi-final against Chelsea in the FA Cup. You can do mm. this, girls. Let's get revenge for last season. Let's give uh, the uh, Guna Nation something to smile about this yeah, yeah. weekend. Get, That'll get, be wonderful. Get, get one over Emma Hayes, please. Come on, girl. <laughs> please. Come on. Oh, I love her as a pundit, but I really want to beat <laughs> no, her. You know, I just... <laughs> her and Stan Kerr, I'm like, ah! <laughs> honestly. Yeah, honestly. So good luck to it's just women. amazing Thanks, how man. hateable Chelsea are in the men's and the women's team, is it? It's just amazing. a universal hatred. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Wow, lovely stuff. <laughs> oh, uh, we're already up to 880 subs, Albert. We're getting there. It's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Thank Please you. give him some love and support. Much love, fantastic. People. Much love. Always. Uh, I will see you guys tomorrow morning for more breakdown, of course, of this and all the latest Arsenal updates at 8 a.m. UK time on Easter Sunday. Uh, if you, of course, do celebrate it, do enjoy it. And any other celebrations that are going on at the moment, too. Please do enjoy it wherever you are in the world. Have a fantastic evening. Try to get your head straight. It's, I know it's tough. <laughs> But uh, there's more to life than Arsenal, it, trust so. me. Have a good one, people. See you later. And as always, up the Arsenal. Up the Arsenal.
it's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.